Well, I'm excited to introduce my wife this morning. I don't see her. Did God take her? Where's she at? All right. Um, Wendy, won't you come on up here? I I came bearing gifts. Just a moment. You're going to start there. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I I have some, this is an amazing basket. I've had it for a long time. I don't even know where I came from, but don't you love this tab? Like it's like the perfect basket, isn't it? Okay. So I have some grapes here because I know people like grapes. Isaiah, where'd you go? Oh, fantastic. You're right in the middle where I can't get to you. Okay, I'm going to need for you to pass these grapes down to him because he asked for them earlier today and I couldn't give them away because that would mess up the object lesson. And, um, and I have some apples here. Yeah, here. There you go. All right, and anybody else? Ruthie, no, you should have had breakfast at home maybe. Here you go, sweetheart. Okay, don't give it to that girl with a little top knot. Okay. She'll try to take it from you. You know, I, I do love fruit. Um, Kimmy, I know, I know you're, can you do apples? Yes. Oh, good. See, bless the Lord. I'm sorry. Where did he go? Josiah, good gosh. Paige, just here. Give it to him. That child, he loves to put food in his belly. Yes, he does. You know, I mean, we, we talk about fruit a lot, don't we? We talk about fruit a lot when, in the spiritual life. Of what is the fruit? What is your fruit? You can, you can judge a situation, a person by their fruit. You know, but sometimes I think that maybe we might have a bit of a misguided perspective about fruit in general. Uh, you know, let's be honest. Let's, let's take a look at a couple of pictures that are very norm to most of us. We go into a grocery store and there's a plethora of fruit. It's beautiful. I don't know where that store is. That's a nice store. I would want to shop there. You know, it's a good store when they've got like really good music on and, you know, and things are displayed. You're just like, this is amazing. And then you're smart enough because you've been to like Niven's Apple Farm. You've been to Skytop Orchard. You've been to these places. You're like, I know that it just didn't pop up on a shelf like that. It came from a tree. So, you know, and so we go to these orchards and we stand by them and we might even pick them off. I don't, I I just buy the bags. Um, You know, I figured somebody enjoyed that and why take that from them? We, We make sure we have on our fall clothes, regardless of the weather, we gonna wear those boots. We gonna call it forth. You know, we post it on Instagram and we talk about harvest time and we get on Pinterest and we figure out what squashes we can put in the middle of our table as a piece of decor. You know, this is what we do with the fruit of bounty. We forget sometimes the cost of that fruit because we've wrongly attributed $2.99 per pound as the cost. But that fruit, I'll ask specifically like this one, feels very Snow White-like. <laughs> nice and red, juicy, delicious red apple. Terry, it can be yours after today, but I kind of need it for right now. You know, but there's a, our fruit that we touch like this, it's shiny and it's pretty, it's been shined up and even validated with a sticker. And I find it interesting that this friend of ours that we say we want to ascend the mountain in. Our friend is a gardener. 
a friend has ways. And I know that we're about to engage harvest time, but I think he actually wants us to look at the benefits and the result of harvest and remind ourselves, where did that begin? It began in something that probably looked a bit like this. Can you see it? Oh, yeah. We've got some, we've got some dead leaves up here. Can you see this guy right there? Oh, you can. That's a worm. There's another one right here. For the purpose of this object lesson, it is indeed a gummy worm. It can be washed off after the service. You've got some rocks in here. You've got some rocks in here. And you know, just on the surface, when you walk outside, you see this and you don't think much about it, but there's a lot going on underneath, a lot happening under here. I want us to take a look at some scripture to let be our backdrop. It will be familiar to you for those of you who have been in the church for a while, for a long time even. You may actually know this parable, but I want us to read together this story. I want us to follow along in the story together. From Matthew 13, we can go ahead and bring that. Jesus, he taught them many things by using stories. Moms and dads, I'm telling you, so much can be learned if you'll just open up that kid's storybook Bible. It will bless you in ways you had no idea. Jesus chose to do that in these kinds of settings all the time. Stories, parables that would illustrate spiritual truth saying, and he said, consider this, there was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. Now these seeds, let me just jump in real quick. Think, think a little basket or a, a, a little handbag here. And it's seeds. Every seed is the same, right? We're gonna determine what is different. It's not the seed. It's where the seed falls. Let's keep going. And he cast his seeds and some fell along the beaten path and birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell onto the gravel that had no topsoil. The seeds quickly shot up, but when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns and weeds. So when the seeds sprouted, so did the weeds, crowding out the good plants. But other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as he had planted. If you're able to understand this, then you need to respond. I wanna tell you a little bit about soil. I do not pretend to be a farmer, nor did I come from a farming family, but I am along the lineage of a man who has invested his entire life life in the turf business. Standing here before you today is a uh, Tiff County Science Fair winner. Did I win third in the state for my science fair project that involved soil because I was able to grow grass that should not grow in the winter time in the winter time? Indeed I did. So standing before you is a uh, seventh grade educated soil speaker. <laughs> and that's where it ends. 
So we're going to keep things basic for all the farmers and all the gardeners out there. Be like, that's so much more. I know it's more than that. I'm just not, I don't know. I know, but I don't know. So we're going to go with the basics here. Let me tell you what soil needs though. This is what I do know. Soil needs four things to be soil. It needs rocks. It needs humus. Some kids call it hummus in third grade science. It's not. It's humus. <laughs> and we'll get to that because you don't want to eat it. It's nasty. It needs air and it needs water. Let me tell you about humus. Humus is decayed plant and animal matter. Things that were part and attached to life, leaves, sticks that were part of tree branches that have now fallen to the ground. They have left their life source and now have distributed themselves on the ground. It's that sweet squirrel. Mike, where are you? Children, I'll refrain from the number, the quantity of squirrel that no longer have their being on his property. It's that squirrel. It's that, it's that worm that you forgot and you didn't see it and you stepped on it and smushed it. He gone. It's, 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 it's the roadkill that finds itself on the... Do you understand our creator has designed it not only for the death to be tolerated, but to be necessary. It's not just tolerated in the earth. It is a required ingredient. I'm going to go back and look, because I heard the word topsoil, as I'm sure you did too, in that passage that I just read. Let's go back to that, I believe. Let's just start at the beginning of that. Uh, Matthew 13 passage. There was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. Next verse. Cast seeds fell along the beaten path and the birds came and ate them. There was no soil. Other seeds fell onto gravel that had no topsoil, had no humus. What happens to soil that is void of dead things? The seeds quickly shot up. Ah, there's fruit. Ah, I see it. What happened? It withered because it had insufficient roots when the days grew hot. When things got tough. Strangely, death has something to do with depth. Never had that thought before. So, our friend, nothing I hold on to. A friend is a cultivator, and he takes his tools on a rhythmic basis like any good gardener would. And he comes in, and he begins to take what's underneath and shift things up. Take what's on top that you go, that's dead, that's nasty, and shoves it down deep. Shoves it down deep. He's making sure there's air that's getting in there. He's making sure that the moisture that's trapped in there gets moved around. 
begins to pick up in other places. He, be he begins to pull up those rocks, that gravel road, those places that have been walls that have just been barricaded and over time get withered away by the wind because they get to be used in you, the soil of who you are. It's actually necessary. He takes that and like any good gardener, he doesn't do it one time. And then for the next 40 years, we're all good. Every time he wants to sow new seed, he prepares the soil. And the last time I checked, I have never driven by land with crops that I know have been planted. I have never in my life out the window heard some sounds coming out of the soil. I have never heard them going, no, 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 not, not us. No, 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 no plowing today. No, 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 not feeling it, not feeling it, not feeling it. I've never heard that. Have you? What a ridiculous thought. And yet Jesus, the best storyteller ever, would take something that was so familiar to them and he would begin to explain who they are. Isn't it interesting that there are different types of soil? The question is, which one do we want to be? Because I, I do believe genuinely, I really do believe genuinely that we want to a la carte his death. Let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, I'm trying to remember the words, Tennyson, and we go from glory to glory. He took on our shame uh, by the cross. What? Made? Who? Is that it? By the cross it was, I was, it was laid? Oh, the death, death on the cross. Oh, we go from glory to glory. Thank you for your death on that, but I don't need it for this. I don't. You know, I sat here in worship and I thought, oh gosh, Lord, I'm so sorry. When we tell you that your death is not sufficient because I need to hang on to this one a little bit longer. Okay, so let's get real practical about what that could look like, right? What could that look like? Oh, cultivator, come on in and you just, I just, you just do what you need to do. There's nothing I hold on to, except I would like to hold on to this fig leaf right here because that one is justified. I was hurt, I was in pain, and now I'm insecure and I get to be validated for the rest of my life because of that. And so I need, oh, and this big old rock here, Lord. Yeah, um, don't worry about withering that one. Just if you'll reposition it, you know, because you're God and you can do all kinds of things. You do not need to break that rock down. I mean, you are the one who created the rock. So uh, you are just fine leaving that there because that I felt comfortable with that rock. I, I feel like that's fine. I need that wall in my life. I do not need that broken down. We all cart his death. And as a result, 
we do not actually look like the rich, fertile soil that oftentimes we think we are. Let's finish out Jesus's example of, or his, his explanation rather of that as we continue on in Matthew 13, in the latter part of that. He explains to them, he said, the seed that fell on the beaten path represents the heart of the one who hears the message of the kingdom realm, but doesn't understand it, just doesn't compute. The adversary, the enemy, Satan, then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. The seed sown on gravel, hard, rocky surface, represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecution comes because of the kingdom message he received, and then he quickly falls away for the truth didn't sink deeply into his heart. The seed sown among weeds represents the person who receives the message, but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth results in suffocating the kingdom message and preventing him from bearing spiritual fruit. Did you hear that? It's not automatic, automatic, automatic. I can be the same and never, ever changed. I hadn't thought about that one either, but that's, I mean, I I love you. I love you. I'm telling you, if I had a mirror, I'd be looking at myself. What are we doing? Because I'm telling you that soil, that rich, fertile soil is not only okay with death. It's going, I got to have it. You got, I got to have it every selfish ambition that could ever be in me, every plan I have for my own life, every thought I've ever thought, every judgment I've ever had, you, you put on the cross for my sake. I cannot do this anymore. You have got to have it. You have got to have it. I don't care if I never do another thing. I don't care if I'm ever seen. Jehovah Roi is the God who sees. Don't worry if nobody else is looking at you. He is. Don't worry if nobody else is looking and noticing what you do. He is. What are we doing? What is this message that we think we believe? Do we understand the message of rich, fertile soil is as laid down as you could possibly get? It's not only like, here's my fig leaf. It's where are my fig leaves? Take them. And you know what, gardener? If you decide to not show me those things until next year, because this ascending the mountain with you, this friendship with you is ongoing. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. It's why I cannot possibly sing. If we go from glory to glory, from glory to glory to glory, it is not because he decided to do something and you got elevated again. It's because you decided to die. It's because you decided just to give up that right. It's because you decided that year to give up your dreams and never pick them back up again. It's because that, that's when you decided to give up your competency and your need to understand everything before you practice it. That's why you've got to go from glory to glory that next time around. It is not because it's automatic. The word of God says it. It is not automatic. 
when you are made into a new creation, you are given the capacity to hold a seed that could bear fruit if you cooperate. And if you don't, you won't. It is that simple. These times absolutely should edify you and build you up and put courage in you. That's what encourage means. Some of you are so good at it because God has gifted you. You can find any moment to place courage in somebody. It looks like a note or it looks like a hug or it looks like looking them in the eye and telling them something. But we're all here giving courage to one another. Why? So that when the hot sun comes and you're by yourself and nobody else is looking, you can in that moment... He values death so much that he did it himself. And when we hold on to things he's already died for, golly, I think that must be the ugliest way to be a friend with him. There is no friend like him, and that includes you. You are, that includes me. My relationship with God and my ability to be friends with him It's always lopsided, guys. He's always the better friend. It is not equal. The fact that I'm a co-heir is still mind-boggling to me. The fact that my inheritance, I get to have access as, as someone who has been bought in equally. I have equal access to the inheritance, but that doesn't mean I'm equated with the friend. And I think that what we've done is we've wrongly attributed our ideas of friendship to him. We've taken shallow friendships and how we hurt one another and how we bless one another and take care of one another, how we spend time with one another, how we, hmm. and then we attribute it to him. And the whole time he's going, I'm a completely different kind of friend. I'm a gardener who will come in and I will do hard things because I love you. I will turn things over and I'm such a good friend. I can take what you don't love and I can take the things that you regularly excrete. This is a poop emoji. These two can be washed off for your stress relieving pleasure. Here we go. Let's just look at each other. Oh, you're poop. I'm poop too. Takes one to know one. Things in us that need to be cleansed on a regular basis. Plowing and tilling happens rhythmically through our glory to glory to glory. But that excretion, it happens on a regular basis. It should. He takes every bit of it. His friendship is different. I want us to go into uh, to Galatians 5 because you cannot hear fruit without thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. Before we read the portions that we might really, really anchor into normally, we're going to start with 19, verse 19. That was good. And this is from the message. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. We want the gardener's fruit, but we don't want his ways. 
is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. The fruit is obvious. Repetitive, loveless, cheap, sensual interactions. Actually, the message is a little bit more straightforward on that moms and dads, but... A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper. An Impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled. This is fruit. You've gone into the grocery store of nasty fruit. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, uh -uh, ugly parodies of community. I could go on, Paul is saying. This isn't the first time I've warned you. You know. If you use your freedom this way, if this is the way in which you need to use your freedom, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's keep reading. But what happens? What happens when we live God's way? When we recognize that the friend of God, I'm a friend, I'm no longer called a servant, I'm called a friend. And we realize the benefits of his friendship requires a certain way. What happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, all comes from out of love, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. Let's keep reading. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. That sounds like self-control, doesn't it? Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, crucified. Luke 9, 23, if we can pull that up in band, I'm going to ask you to come back on stage at this time. Luke 9, 23 was read earlier. Jesus said to all of his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, to take on the disciplines of what it looks like to follow him, to take on the ways of what it looks like to ascend the mountain and be in friendship with him, not just in corporate times, but in quiet alone times. If you desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. To get the gardener's fruit, we must do it the gardener's way. been a line of demarcation drawn you know this is our family now been through a lot of change over the past four years and at the beginning of the year when I went to one service I said there's two types of disunity 
There's the demonic disunity, which, by the way, will be here to, to the end. It's all in the Bible, too, the New Testament. There's another type of disunity people don't talk about a lot, and that's just the unity of who a people group is, where they're going, how they're going to get there, and the why. This is who we are. We did a series about a year and a half ago on uh, spiritual orphanhood, and this is a series on fear of the Lord. There's two words that describe Bridgeway, really. It's friendship and fear, and um, he is our friend. We help people walk in friendship with God, but as Wendy said this morning, he's, he's the leader in the friendship. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So what I want to do this morning in our family service, I'm going to ask our prayer servants to come down forward. And uh, this, is a, this is a demarcation series. We're about to move into a, a building campaign that I'm just telling you right now, it, God's going to keep building here. And this was the, this is who, this is us. We had staff retreat this week and it reminded me of the greatest showman. On staff, we got no two people really alike. A lot of brokenness, but a lot of laid down lovers of God who just uh, are beautiful in their own brokenness and they have a voice. And I think it's a, a perfect time for the church to say, hey, this is us. You know, what's Bridgeway about? We help people walk in friendship with God. And you say, well, I don't like that. Well, it may not be the church for you, you know. And you say, well, I don't, like, I don't really want to be at a charismatic church. Well, then Bridgeway's not the church for you. That's fine. And, I, and I'll help you find somewhere you can be. But this is us. Friendship and fear. There's been a misrepresentation on the friendship side of things. He's not Buddy Christ, and he's not looking for my opinion on anything. He's never been confused in our relationship. He's never welcomed me up saying, we've got to talk. I need your help. But at the same time, we see healings and miracles and the love of the Father poured out on people. Don't miss a table conference this year. Consider both the kindness and the severity of God. This has been a message, a series on severity. And maybe you need to draw your own line of demarcation. I've gotten a lot of emails in the past few weeks of people who have hung in here with Bridgeway for a long time. And they said, you know what? God has really just gotten a lot of stuff out of me, excreted some stuff out of me, needed to get excreted out of Maybe you need to find a church that you don't just snuggle up to that helps you walk in friendship with your own insecurities or enablements. Maybe you just need to die. So today is an invitation to die, Luke 9, 23. Because when you give up your life, guess what? He gives you something greater back, you know? So let's do this. I want us to stand together. We'll end a little bit earlier today. And we give you an opportunity to come get prayer. Maybe you just need to draw your own line of demarcation. You do not want to miss tonight. Sean Curtis is going to be ministering, the bride of San Francisco, one of my really good friends. He's got a great word. We'll speak a blessing over you. If you need prayer today, get prayer. We'll pray for anything. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, great place to start today. In the name of Jesus, may you never make another excuse for why you don't have what you have with the Father. Go in peace. God bless.